goober, 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 goober. I call it a goober. It's a, no, it's a, it's a doodad. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And from the official Earth universe of right now, I don't have a number for us, welcome to the official Superhero Slate review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That is right. We are locked down, unfortunately, to this singular dimension where our Spider-Man is fictional. But if you're listening to us from a universe where Spider-Man is real, I am very jealous, and I'd like to know how you were able to subscribe to the podcast, because I'll put it in the show notes for next week. Because uh, we love to get listeners I would from lo- all dimensions. I would love to find the alternate versions of us from different universes. Especially, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe not a couple of them, maybe not the ones we saw in the Spider-Man movie, but you know, that'd be interesting to, to figure out what I'd, we were like. I'd, I'd love to think that us in other dimensions just aren't all that different. Like, we're just very consistent. It's just like, oh, instead of, like, you know, doing a podcast, they just, they film it, and they just, uh, mm-hmm. they do it vlog style. So it's just like, oh, we're really not that different. Well, That's unfortunate. We end up sw- I was hoping. <laughs> well, we end up switching locations. I live in L.A., and you live in, in, yeah. in Louisville. Yeah. I was hoping these alternate dimensions we'd branch out a little bit more, but you know, I guess we just still really like comic books wherever we are. <laughs> Consistency is key, Mike. That's that's what it matters. Yes, but but um, this. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, indeed, this is our review for uh, Spider-Man and the Spider Verse, and don't worry. Uh, uh, this is going to start off spoiler-free because we know we are dropping this a week early ahead of time. That's a rarity when we get to see something a week early, both of us uh-huh. at the same time. And we luck into Sony offering this uh, up early at uh, special theaters throughout the, the country. So Yeah, it's it's a unique situation where, I mean, this is indeed a Spider-Man movie through and through, but it's animated, it's untested, it's coming from Sony. You know, I don't think they really knew exactly what they had on their hands until they started to hear from the critics and the public. So I would I would say these early screenings are almost, they're doing their best to get the word out. They're, they're trying to make sure that this movie does a really good holiday blitz Everyone is talking about it. People recommend it when they go home and see their families. Uh, I know I will. I'll tell everybody I see over the weekend, uh, over the holiday weekend, to uh, you know go see this film. So I mean, if that's showing my hand of what I thought about this movie, there it is. But we were lucky enough that you know this media blitz uh, led to some advanced screenings in some bigger markets. You know, I had some opportunities to see it at a couple different theaters out here in LA. I don't know how many theaters that you had a chance to see it at. One. So <laughs> uh, one. I, I think I had about maybe about half a dozen theaters that were doing it over the weekend. So I'm glad I got to see it ahead of time. But this is the first time we've ever had a chance to put out a review before the general audience got a chance to. See see it so um i don't know why you're listening to this <laughs> we will give you our spoiler free slots up here at the very top but then we're just going to dive right into this movie we're going to talk about all the nitty-gritty so if you are an avid listener i guess just keep this one in the back pocket and come back in a week and listen to it after you see the movie because you're definitely going to want to see it because we both really liked it i'm just gonna tell you yeah. right now no no strings about this movie is great for everyone of every age and I, it it really just kind of blows my mind um, about how good it really is, and not just in terms of visuals because the visuals are great, the story is great, the characters are great. If you have any favorite Spider-Man character that may show up in here, you know we, we got Spider-Ham, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man Noir, regular Spider-Man, 
Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, they're, they're they're in here, and, and every character is great. And I I just got to say that um, again, my wife was sick uh, this week, so she didn't get to go with me. But I'm going to take her to see it again because I think everyone should be watching this movie. Uh, and we have again talked about how concerned we were with Sony and Spider-Verse. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we just had Venom uh, a couple months ago. Like, well, Venom, you know, it, it it happened. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but, like, what does that mean for this movie? This movie should alleviate any of your concerns about Spider-Man and their animated Spider-Verse. Because we talked about mm-hmm. sequels in the works last week. I cannot wait to see more, to be, to be completely frank with you, Mike. So, um, I, I, I like it. Go on. Well, Frank, to be completely Mike with you, uh, yeah, I <laughs> I love this movie. This was great. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of animation in general, so this just popped off on every cylinder. I love the soundtrack. I love you know. I love the music. I, I love Miles as a character. I loved all of the other characters they added to the film, even the ones that came from his dimension, just the normal terrestrial, non-powered people. He had great family members. Like he, like throughout this movie, he just had all of this emotional support that just made me feel really nice and warm and great. And um, I love the action. I love the web slinging. I love the the creative animation that they did in this film. Uh, yeah, I was just shocked that this movie came out of like the news that we reported like what maybe a year and a half ago that mm. Sony was making this film. You know, I can't imagine what some of those first uh, early uh, footage screenings of this, because they had some test footage of this movie, I want to say, maybe about um, a year back. We talked about how some critics associations or some executives somewhere in a boardroom got to see some early footage of this movie, and we, we were hearing good things. So I was just very nervous of what this movie was even going to look like, but man, if the characters aren't beautiful... Uh, sweet, emotional, touching moments. Um, this is not a spoiler, but of course we do get a Stan Lee cameo, which is just, you know, which is really kind of great and amazing to see. Surreal, after kind really. of, yeah. After the kind of the the tragedy of losing him, so I loved everything about this movie. Uh, you know, it's honestly going to be a nitpick for me to find things I don't like. I just had such an amazing time with this film. Um, and it's not even going into the fact that I got to see it early. You know, it's not like I walked out of the theater and I was like, ha ha, I know a secret, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I would do that for sure. If it was like, um, an Avengers Endgame for sure. Uh, but yeah, this was just great, a fun time. I loved everything about it. And that's as much as I can say, because I just want to dive in and I want to talk about all the things in the movie that I can't talk about right now. Well, I was going to say, I think, um, before that, the soundtrack, uh, was really cool. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't hear that song. Sunflower before going into this, so mm-hmm. it was great to experience it for the first time. Um, I've got to say the voice acting is really on point as well. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing who most of the actors, voice actors were, it didn't take me out of it. And at the whole time, even though I'm a Ultimate Spider, Ultimate Marvel Universe fan, this is not the same Ultimate Universe. So there mm-hmm. were surprises all over the place, and that, yeah. that and was that's, really great. Uh- and that's actually something I'm going to ask you about uh, later in this review. I, I kind of want you to break down the differences between uh, Miles's true origin and kind of the changes that they've made uh, for the audience. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. But uh, are you ready to jump into the spoilers now? Yep, i say go see it as soon as you can and then come back to right about now. Go for it. Yes. So, uh, man, this movie was just uh, fantastic. Uh, how long did it take for you to realize that Chris Pine was the uh, kind of OG Peter Parker that we were being pitched? I was like, man, this voice sounds really familiar. And I was like, oh, that's Chris Pine, like right before he died. Um, I got to the credits before I noticed it because I was so, I was so immersed in this. Like, 
I didn't think it would start with the OG Spider-Man. I thought it would start mm-hmm. with Miles. And the way they're like, every Spider-Person got their intro told the same way. Um, oh, yeah, that was great. You're, let me tell you how I got here kind of thing. Um, I was blown away by the... With Chris Pine, they did the exact same Spider-Man 3 dancing on the street. Like, oh talking about the highlights of Spider-Man and the low points of Spider-Man. They put <laughs> you, the same you, music in there. You may remember this, and he's doing, like, the jazz finger dance. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was great. Yeah, so I didn't realize it was actually Chris Pine until the end, but that's a that's a, that's an awesome uh awesome reveal uh for that mm-hmm. as well so um that was that was really cool uh i i would say um i did not know of the lonely island jorma tacone was the green goblin voice but i thought oh it, i i wouldn't have known that either i mean that's that's got to be like a pitched voice a little bit right yeah well i again this is one of the few things i, I mean my complaints again are nitpicking like we talked about earlier but like i was really hoping for more of that green goblin than just oh, yeah. the couple scenes we did get with him. Like, yeah, because this was kind of our this was our first big screen adaptation of that ultimate Green Goblin, where he's just not a guy on a scooter anymore. He's basically kind of like a <laughs> actual goblin, uh, like like a dragon, like a goblin. But I was actually uh, shocked about how large they made him in this movie. I mean, he is like a freaking titan yeah. in this. Like, he can. St- Stop Spider-Man like a spider, like a bug. So that was pretty imposing to kind of see well, him. Did, I was like, "Holy shit, he not, is huge!" Did you not see my ten-inch pop version of him? I told. I told you, <laughs> that's, that's that was what it meant. Now, but yeah, that was cool. I I really enjoyed. Um, what's his name? The voice actor who did uh, Kingpin, um, Lou Schreiber, who was Sabretooth in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, so. He, Kingpin. I didn't. I didn't actually expect Kingpin to be the main villain in this movie either. That kind yeah, of shocked me. He, and he actually had like an emotional motivation backstory. I mean, yeah. he was the one that was the folly of him losing his family. But I mean, losing your family—that's a pretty big connection. Yeah. Um, and also, I kind of liked how uh, the character model of Vanessa kind of looked similar to the Vanessa that we've seen in the Daredevil show. So I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't know if maybe that's just cross pollination of just like like a, a brunette, you know, just kind of looks the same because we never really got a, a great clear look at her in the film. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was great. And Kingpin had such a cool character design. He was just this crazy behemoth of just like a head in in <laughs> in like the middle of like a meat pillar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just this weird dude, and he could just like walk around. And that's kind of the cool thing about seeing a um, an animated or like a, a characterized version of Kingpin. Because when you look at Kingpin live action, Daredevil wise, uh, that type of human being could never exist. So when you see him in that really big hulking form, you can totally believe he could kill Spider-Man if Spider-Man was weakened and he got one good, solid final punch in. So that's kind of like the kingpin that, you know, people really know, like, originally. You know, you kind of have to soften them up a little bit when Mm -hmm. you cast a real person. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, like... Because of the original Spider-Man in the scene with with Green Goblin, I love the web swinging through all the scaffolding in that scene Mm -hmm. with the thing, like... I love the move, the movement in this movie. I, I talked about it beforehand before, so I was like, "Oh, it's kind of got like that half frame rate kind of thing going on with some of the, like the motion in it, like not quite stop motion, but not quite, you know, fluid." And and yeah. when I got to see the whole thing, absolutely loved it. So I, I, I my my problems you know- or concerns were. It's funny that you bring that up because I would love to see maybe a comparison because I totally forgot about that stop motion esque look that the one of the first trailers had because it kind of felt almost a little bit kind of like a um, 
like a paranorman or like a, a claymation uh, style or like a claymation style but i feel like they kind of tone that back a little bit or at least once you actually kind of get into the film it just kind of totally fades away mm-hmm. um but yeah, all of the motion and the fluidness, like when I was watching like all the fighting and web sling and I was like, oh man, come on, Sony, turn this into a video game. Make this your next Spider-Man game. Make this some DLC or something. I want to play this game. I mean, especially if you're going to show me, show me all of the unlockable suits that I just got from the video game in this movie. All I was thinking about like, oh man, I wish I could play this. But, but it made you feel good to like, oh, I actually know what that suit is this time. Rather yeah, than... I unlocked that one. I know what that thing does. That shoots out an electrical pulse. <laughs> Exactly. So I think um, in terms of that regard, this Peter Parker was blonde. We get introduced to the actual Peter Parker who's in most of the movie, who's a brunette and out of shape. Uh, He's got brown hair. Depressed Spider-Man. Yeah, kind of let himself go there a little bit. But I think the biggest design change is actually in Miles himself. Um, In the comic books, he keeps his head kind of shortly buzzed in all the comic books. So to see him with a little bit of hair was interesting uh, as Mm -hmm. well. So I... I but before I forget, there was one jump scare in this movie, Mike. And <laughs> what was that? <laughs> when, when he went to touch the dead spider, and this his spider sense flashed after he Miles was bitten. He went to retouch the dead spider, and then his spider sense flashed to go fight like with that regular mm-hmm. Spider-Man Green Goblin thing, and like everyone in the theater jumped. Like everyone oh, really? <laughs> did because it was like it was it's a Spider-Man. It, it was kind of creepy there, but uh, yeah. So anyway, sorry, I had to talk about that jump scare because if you. You've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Like, I didn't expect that in this movie for for a friendly, family friendly movie. I was a little, I was a little scared. I mean, speaking of that spider and kind of the origin of Miles getting his power, one of my favorite moments of this whole movie was just so little. Uh, me and my wife were both just like cracking up laughing, and we kind of still talked about it after the movie. When uh, after he gets bit on his hand, there's this huge uh, moment where you kind of go deep down inside of Miles's DNA. You see all the cells replicating. You see basically his whole DNA changing, and he's becoming the Spider-Man. And then we zoom back out, and like Miles just looks at the spider, and then he just slaps his hand and it falls out like it's like it's totally an inconsequential moment to him which i just thought was hilarious which really goes into how great the comedy is in this movie i mean it's so funny there's so many parts i just like laughed out loud i mean you know all of the all of the spider-men from the other dimension or spider people from the other dimension because uh spider ham is not a man yeah. he's a pig and, <laughs> and gwen very, is very much a woman well uh, spider ham and his straight out of looney tunes man like yeah. everything he did was lo- it's like here take this hammer it can fit in your pocket and you're like oh that's funny <laughs> and then that was a very emotional moment too yeah. which was kind of bizarre but yeah the, the comedy in this movie was great i wish i could go back and see this movie right now because this was a movie i'd love to take notes during yeah. there's just so much going on that i wanted to still how i feel about it so uh just hopefully you'll say things that'll spark my memory yeah. i'll say things that'll spark your memory and we'll just keep well, going down this uh rabbit hole of so, amazing so let's just talk about the characters because there are other spider people in this movie and i think that's very important to this movie because mm-hmm. miles gets so differences from the actual ultimate universe um uh the way uh, Miles gets his uh, spider is from his uncle, as we find out in the movie, is the Prowler. Um, mm-hmm. He steals stuff from Norman's Osborn, so if the spider hitches a ride back to Miles and he's bit by a spider in his house. None of this mm-hmm. gr- none of this artwork and like artistic Miles sticker stuff, that's all brand new for this. So this is not the 1610 universe. This is a whole different universe mm-hmm. with just another Miles. 
Um, yeah, but his uncle did also kind of play a role in him getting his powers. If it wasn't for his yeah. uncle, who was engineering uh, for the Kingpin that knew of this place, Miles never would have made it, you know, down right. there to begin with to come across that spider. So I think it, it you know, it still kind of works. I think it, it still kind of fits in the uh, yeah. in the mythos of Miles. And I, I mean, I don't care they changed because everything they changed was was pretty good, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not it's not exactly the same thing, and like. If you go pick up the Ultimate Spider-Man comic books, like you're gonna see differences, like huge differences out the gate. But it's not bad differences at, at the end of the day. Um, but we get to see the 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 I guess the slobby, depressed Spider-Man show up in his universe. <laughs> I never knew Spider-Man could get fat. I just thought his superpowers, like, he just had some sort of, like, maybe insane metabolism, yeah. but I guess we now know Spider-Man can and, get a stomach. And his <laughs> and his universe, he's actually older, which I thought was interesting. They're not playing with same age Peter Parkers across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Spider-Gwen, which if we didn't see her face to begin with in the other trailers, I would have that reveal would have been better. But uh-huh. knowing she was in the classroom and then once again at the uh, laboratory where Olivia Octavius, that blew my mind. I've never heard of an Olivia Octavius before. Oh, yeah. I was kind of waiting to talk about this. Um, I loved that conception of a female version of Otto because not only did they didn't just like gender swap swap yeah. her and just like make them make him a woman they did a whole new kind of design concept just behind her backstory like you don't even necessarily need to know everything about her just look at her suit she kind of uses more of like these squid like organic tentacles that look like they're using some sort of like fluid yeah. in them and then they can get like caught in doors and they squash and they stretch which is great for animation I mean that's literally a principle of animation right there and then you just know she like my wife said like it was great seeing a villain that wasn't attractive like she's like I like kind of seeing like a homely villain somebody that doesn't look like they took a shower in a while <laughs> so, <laughs> I like a crazy my, hippie lady who's selling you yeah, stuff on the yeah, exactly. And I wasn't expecting that either. I thought she was good. I thought the kingpin was just kind of like pulling her strings and she didn't exactly know what she was getting into. But then when she, when she revealed that, I was like, oh, this is rad. This is cool. Because from up until that point, all of the kind of interpretations of the characters we have seen have been somewhat truthful. I mean, the kingpin looked like kingpin. I don't really know who his lackey was with the gray oh, skin. That's, um, that's Tombstone. You'll meet him in your that, Spider-Man DLC. That's that's what I thought. You know, I because I Tombstone is in the normal uh, is in the normal storyline for the game, but like yeah. Tombstone, obviously in this version is different. You know, I saw the gray skin, and they showed they revealed him at first from far away in the gray skin. I was like, oh, is that like Mister Negative? You know, is that Martin Lee? And then they they zoom in. I was like, no, it's Grayskin. I was like, yeah, it kind of looks like Tombstone. But like the last time I saw Tombstone, he was built like the Hulk. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, so, the video yeah. game version is way different. So yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that was a great villain. Um, they took a, a slightly different approach with Scorpion. They went with a much more literal I've, <laughs> literal. I've never there. seen this version before, so we can take him or leave him. Either one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Prowler was pretty on point as well uh, in mm-hmm. terms of villains. Um, was there anyone else? I think was that that was kind of it, wasn't it? Like there were... yeah, I think yeah. If you if you think of that big battle that they had at uh, Aunt May's house, house, where she knocked them all outside, take it outside. I think it you know it was the Scorpion, it was Otto, uh, uh, two, it was the yeah, Prowler, Tombstone, yeah, they came yeah, in yeah. and Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that was um, definitely cool to see that that thing. And then um, Spider Gwen was was cool. Uh, I mean, overall, I think I think she deserves. If they're doing the Spider Women movie, like yeah, she deserves our spot in that uh, for sure. 
What was interesting is like everyone was um, getting Miles to get his own like to figure out what his powers were, and he he couldn't figure them out. So everyone's helping him. So we got totally. um, who was the next one? I want to say it was Spider Man Noir was next, right? Because they go to, so sure. they all go to Aunt May's house, and Aunt May's like, oh, of course you're from a different dimension. Uh, here are the other people with all the mm-hmm. suits. So Spider Man Noir was Nicholas Cage, and I like he's like. Is he black and white? Like, everything about him was black and white, which was I yeah. Was, he can't he can't can't quite fathom what's going on with this Rubik's cube. <laughs> he took the Rubik's cube <laughs> with him. Um, uh, Penny Parker, who is the the anime spider person, I love that she kept eating whatever was in the bag while she was in her little Spider Man yeah. robot. Yeah, I want to I wanted to talk about Penny Parker just for a second, just because when this movie was coming out and we saw that it was, there was going to be a bunch of different spider people in there, I kind of thought these characters were going to be a little bit of a throwaway. Like, you weren't going to get too involved with them. They'll be there just kind of spice up the screen, you know, get some different interpretations of Spider-Man. Oh, she's in a mech, so you'll see a cool, like, mech fight. You know, that'll be fun. I was not expecting the emotional attachment to her mech suit to pop up yeah. At the last act of this movie. I mean, honestly, like, and then I had to remember, like, oh, yeah, that's right. This suit was built by her father. And per her origin story that we learned in this movie, like, her father died and left her this robot. This Who was is her controlled only connection. by the spider, by the way. Yeah, this was her only connection to her father. And we're just watching on screen right now, basically her, almost like her father dying all again right in front of her. And I was like, Wow props to this movie for just taking a moment just taking a second just to let that sink in before we dive back into the action honestly for a character that i would say most of the audience wasn't too invested in i mean uh-huh. they kind of just i would say most people are probably writing her off as just kind of like an anime joke because she's yeah. basically an anime girl with a mech so we just kind of thought she was one note so i thought that was really impressive for the movie to just take a moment there and just yeah. let us dive into her character a little bit more well i'm glad the spider didn't die and she go rebuild yes the mech. So that was nice uh, and lastly, Spider Ham, John Mulaney, the literally the slapstick character of this. Uh, yes, uh, he wasn't used to a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of foil, kind of like Spider Man Noir was. But he was hilarious when he did with the anvil. Kept showing up. He pulled out one of his <laughs> yeah. anvils and kept doing that. Um, that. That was entertaining. So, but I mean, overall, like the characters, like I really like this cast. I think they chose a great assortment of Spider people to throw in here. And mm-hmm. um, before before we wrap up the character section, Spider Man twenty ninety nine stole my show. <laughs> so okay, yeah, we'll jump right into that uh, after credit scene uh, for sure. Yeah, you you saw this movie a day before me, and of course you you respect the relationship that we have out here on this show, where you do your best not to reveal anything before I get to go see it, which is great. I really love that. But you made sure to tell me there is an after credit scene at the very end. Stay tuned. Oh my god. I think is kind of how you describe yeah. it. Now I was so hype after that. Now what I thought it was going to be, since uh, over the weekend uh, we weren't getting a whole lot of reports of this uh, Far From Home trailer, I thought it might be a Far From Home trailer. Yeah. I was expecting my eyes to shift into live action because we did get a clip of Spider-Verse attached to the end of Venom. Right. So I thought maybe they were going to keep the same trope going. Uh, but that is not what happened, which I was totally okay with because they revealed Spider-Man 2099 in that suit. And I thought that was cool enough to begin with. Yeah, it, I was like, this is awesome. We're going to see like one of the coolest Spider-Man tech suits possibly in the next movie. And then it devolved into the best joke ever. <laughs> it did. So Spider-Man 2099, uh, his little AI, I forget what her name is, gives him a wristband that lets him travel through time because he's mm-hmm. done uh, for, for the doing this. 
And he goes back to the beginning, which I think they even referenced all the old Spider-Man stuff in the intro of this movie. He jumps back to 1967's animated Spider-Man, which has become a meme across the internet. <laughs> and he's they do the whole Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. No, you pointed at me. Yep. No, you pointed at me. It's rude to point. Don't point at people. And they just point back and forth. He's like, I think Spider-Man pointed first. And then our only J. Jonah Jameson cameo is yeah. he's like, he's like, I think Spider-Man pointed first. Uh, and they just keep going. And did you know that is Oscar Isaac doing the voice of Spider-Man 2099? Oh, is it? That's great. Yes. Oh, man. And I loved how they did it in the 4 by 3 aspect ratio, too. And yeah. they just leaned right in. Oh, man, it was... <laughs> It was hilarious. I was cackling. I was dying yes. laughing. Uh, I was just rolling over. It was so great. I, I want to. You said you were able to find a leak of it somewhere out there on YouTube. I might have to go watch it again. Oh, I, I've got it <laughs> saved just in case they pulled it down for you, Mike. So don't you worry. Oh, cool. I will send that to you. But I mean, the the amount like we in this movie we got to see the the spider webs that hold all the universe together. I thought we were going to see uh-huh. Madam Web, who's at like the middle of the. Oh yeah, I almost thought that the when they introduced Otto as a scientist at the very beginning, before we knew her name, I thought she was going to be Madam Web because uh. she kind of had that she kind of had that you know aura to her e- in general eccentricness. Yeah. Uh. Um. So I think the sequel is going to be able to pull more spider people into this, but. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely a, a big win uh, overall for all the characters. I, I, I love yeah. the characters. They, I love that Miles is the heart of this movie, and I hope he continues going forward because I just loved everything about his character. He's just I resonate so much with him just because at the very beginning of the movie, he's trying to sing along to that song that you said, mm-hmm. uh, Sunflower, and I was like, oh, that's exactly what I do. I don't know the words to half of the songs that I sing, so I just mumble my way through it, and I was just like, I'm really connecting with this guy. Guy uh-huh. on a very spiritual level right now because we sing along the songs the same way whether we like them or know them like the back of our hand uh we'll mumble through the parts that we don't know so yeah. I, I i it started off on a good note for me there exactly and this 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 is a very art creative slash artistic miles morales spider-man version mm-hmm. and uh, one of the one of the complaints i have about the movie mike and people can agree or disagree is he gets his suit in like the third act like the last half of the third act because mm-hmm. um, I wish he would have had his iconic black suit longer because it's so cool looking mm-hmm. but what was interesting is like even like the creation of the suit is not the same as the, the 1610 universe he actually spray paints Peter Parker's Spider-Man outfit and then spray mm-hmm. paints his logo on the front which ties into the artistic fact of the Spider-Man so yeah f- fun factoid uh going to the origins of his suit, uh, one of the first Comic-Cons I went to, I went to a panel that was discussing the uh, ultimate universe of the comic books, and they did a, they did a Q&A at the end, and they said, oh, you know, if you ask a good question, you know, we'll, we'll give out a prize. So I went I went up there, and I was actually cosplaying as Scarlet Spider, and I, so I had that suit on when I was asking the question, and I said, um, I don't remember the exact question I said, but I kind of went off along the lines of, you know, Miles got off really easily. Uh, in the in the Spider-Man comic books because S.H.I.E.L.D. just gave him his suit. Um, you know, I think I asked, you know, how do you explain that Peter Parker, just some nerd, knows exactly how to use a sewing machine and can make his own Spider-Man suit basically from nowhere. So they really liked that, and I actually ended up getting an, an iPhone case that was signed by uh, the, the creators of the Ultimate Universe. Unfortunately, Bendis doesn't make a cameo on this iPhone case that I can't use anyway because I think it's like an iPhone 4 you, case. You're, you're, you're holding out ago. on an Ultimate Universe signed iPhone case on me, Mike? 
<laughs> I mean, it's not going to fit any iPhone that you have. <sighs> but I, I wish I wish Bendis was on it, but he's not. But I, I you know, I'll go through the signatures. Uh, I'll send a picture. I, I'm sure I told you about this. Before. I have not I'm heard this. Now I'm dis- now I'm not, now I'm not, my mind's blown. <laughs> I actually have Bendis's signature on like three different things. So oh, see, there you go. And you're the type of guy that I'm sure noticed on Miles's contact list. Uh, B Bendis, right yeah, there. And, well, and S Pacelli, Sarah Pacelli, which is uh, the artist who designed his look. In, in design. Oh, there you go. So, so yeah, I, I knew you would have the keen eye yeah. to see those things. Yeah. Uh, but speaking speaking of his suit, this kind of goes to a broader theme about this movie that I really like is when you take a superhero character, something fantastical like Spider-Man, and put him in an animated universe, man, you got so much of the heavy lifting done for you already. You do not have to explain to a real world uh, situation why spider-man exists why this stuff is happening you can just you can just take it for what it is because you're in an animated universe so you know a real logical person in a live action scenario would think like oh how can like this 15 year old kid go down at a 26 year old peter parker's you know lab and find a suit that fits him that all he has to do is spray paint it and also you can't just like spray paint these suits i'm sure that's not how it works but you're in an animated universe so you don't have to worry about those little nitty gritty details that I think you do have to worry about in live action because those things are important to me for getting those details and really anchoring it in the real world. But when you're animated, it's just like, yeah, spider people come from other dimensions. We don't really have to talk too much more about this. You know, it just happened. Well, what's, what's cool about him is when he gets his power and he wakes up after the bite, his pants already don't fit him because he's grown and he's like, oh, yeah. I went through puberty. And he, <laughs> oh, that was great. And he was just like, oh, don't worry. It's just puberty. And, and as soon as he got bit by this, all the Spider-Man traits came out of him. Like he was seeing speech bubbles while he was walking down the street. Oh, like, yeah. Why is my voice in my head louder? Uh, like you could not do that in a live action scene. That's only afforded to you in this animated scene. Oh yeah. And when he gets the freaking pigeon stuck to his hands and he's just walking along the building of the school. Oh my God. That was so funny whoever came up with that idea i don't know if that was in the script or if that was a storyboarder that put that together but that was hilarious watching him flap around and then gwen looks up at him like uh okay and his hands (laughs) get stuck in her hair and she has to get her hair cut which is a whole point you're not allowed to like my hair cut his his awkwardness transition for that was it just felt real even though it was 110 percent absurd Mm -hmm. Um, and then he found the comic book where the exact same things went through peter parker like when he mm-hmm. became a Spider-Man, so um, yeah, I, I I really like Miles. I really like the characters. One of the other qualms I have with this is actually his dad's story arc with his uncle Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. So the Prowler has Miles by the throat, and then Miles reveals himself to his uncle, and then Kingman's like, "Do it!" And then like two seconds later, the Kingpin just shoots the Prowler. Like, I I don't know how two seconds pass, and he's like, "You didn't kill him. I'm gonna kill you." Because yeah, that was that was a strange like, moment. Actually, I I was gonna bring that. I, up I, I get that I get it. the point of it because he has to die because of all this stuff, and then this leads into his dad hating Spider Man because he killed his brother, but then lo- cheering for Spider Man at the end of the movie, which was just you know a couple hours later. I, I, yeah, it it was a very brief amount of time for him to hate a brand new Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, well, it, so I mean, Mike again nitpicking. This is a really awesome movie. So other than the suit coming in too late, this was the thing that was like, just take this out. Like I, we can save this for another movie, another time because that was just a lot of 
it felt like forced emotional changes in a lot of people really quickly. I, I thought the weird thing to me about the whole Kingpin killing the Prowler scene, it was staged kind of very oddly because they're kind of up there on the roof. And then the Kingpin is just kind of awkwardly down there kind of between the houses and he just shot one shot from a gun. You know, you would think somebody like the Prowler, you know, might have some sort of armor or at least might have some sort of uh, reflexes, you know, something going on there. But so just the fact that one single bullet from the Kingpin took him down, I was kind of shocked. I mean, it is kind of interesting that in this, I would say, kids movie, this movie is, I would say, for kids, you know, I would say it's kind of positioned kind of like a Pixar movie, where it's intended for, you know, a child, a kid's audience, but adults of course will love it just as well. I mean, this movie is PG. Uh, So the fact that guns are in it, I thought was like a really big kind of step. I mean, the fact that somebody dies from a gun, that you see the kingpin just brandishing the gun, just very openly waving it around. I was like, wow, okay. Because uh, we do see them do the trope of switch to laser guns, which is, I think, good visually because you can kind of see the spider people swinging through the laser beam. So visually it worked well for the story. So the fact that he's got a real gun, that makes him even more menacing. But yeah, that was kind of a, a odd moment of just kind of one bullet takes him out. Yeah. Like he's like, okay, kill him. All right, you took two seconds too long. I'm shooting you instead. I'm like, you killed Prowler when you have a bunch of people, spider people. Like, let him kill Spider Man first if you're gonna kill him, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're gonna need more people to help you against all these Spider Men, literally right there fighting. I don't know. It was really awkward. I'm like, it doesn't ruin the movie by any means, but like that is mm-hmm. a scene. I'm like, ah. Yeah. I think it just it just goes to show how good the movie is yeah. that a moment like this can just be like, oh, whatever. Everything else yeah. is so amazing. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, I was trying to think of, of what else. I was trying to think there was some other stuff in there. I really liked Aunt May in this one. She was, like, very down with everything. Um, oh, yeah. She, it's just like, she's like, I've been around the block. I know what's going on here. My life is just as weird as all of yours because yeah. uh, cause of my nephew and, and the crazy stuff And that's stuff Lily that Tomlin doing her voice. I'm like... Oh. <sighs> that's what I thought. Like, that voice was so familiar. Yeah, so it, it's... This movie is awesome, and I, I would totally recommend people seeing it. Um, so, but, but besides the the kingpin moment that we just talked about, there was one thing that I think I I didn't quite go all in on. And as much as I love John Mulaney, and as much <laughs> as I love some of the moment moments Spider Ham had, I he felt a little out of place for me during some moments. So, like this is just kind of like a, a nitpick, double edged sword, like. I thought the moment where he handed the mallet over to Miles was really funny. It'll fit in your pocket. But then also there'll be like a really dramatic scene and then like Spider-Pig will just be over there in the background just visually taking me out of it. So I think when he works, he works. And when he doesn't, he really doesn't. So maybe they got just the right amount of them to kind of fit him in the movie. So I think I would have been okay without Spider-Ham in the movie. I don't think he really elevates it to an amazing level. Right. But... It, it was crazy to see, you know, the fact that they were able to make it work to some extent. My, so well, there's props there for sure. I think his addition is, like I said earlier, is one of the one of those a contrast. Um, because if you notice, his, his the the mask on his nostrils moves with his eyes; they're identical to his mm-hmm. actual eye. like the eyes on his nose are the same as the eyes on his face. They move in the same ma- fashion. But I think it's just to show, like, if you pick and if you even put Spider-Man 2099 in here or any other Spider-Man, like they're all the same. And mm-hmm. Spider Ham is very drastically a Looney Tune, uh, brought into this this world, and he's gonna look different. It's like playing the Spider Man PS4 game with the old animated suit on. Like the game looks so real, then you put on the animated suit, and you're like, 
this doesn't work. This looks this looks so weird. I can't even right now. It makes everything yeah, else look I, more real. Yeah, I will agree. The point of contrast was good. But yeah, there was just some parts where maybe if I go back and rewatch it, I'll be able to eloquently describe maybe those moments more in general. But there was some points where I was just like, I feel like I'd connect a little bit more with the scene of Spider-Ham just wasn't over there making wacky noises. But I love John Mulaney, so the moments where it worked, I was I was dying laughing. I wish it wasn't revealed in the trailer, but I loved that moment where they were just like, uh, do animals talk here? Because I don't want to freak them out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so was that indeed Genki? No, that's not. That was I, I don't know who that is. So because at the end of the movie, they kind of put it uh, like as a postscript of like a PS, like oh by the way, uh, I met my roommate finally, and now we're best friends. Yeah. So he didn't. That character didn't even speak in the movie. I was kind of hoping it would be Genki. At, well, at, at some point, maybe next time. But they, I mean, they didn't give him a name. He didn't speak, but he knows he's Spider Man. Yeah. So. I, I guess that's true. So there's gonna there's gonna have to be something going on there, and I like how we just like these characters just like fall asleep, wake up, see something crazy happening, just like no, I just go back to sleep. I don't know what I just saw. So, but what what I also want to point out about this movie is uh, not movie related. It actually just received a nomination for best animated feature film at the Golden Globes, and we talked about it. Golden deserves Globes. it. It deserves it. And um, it's currently it was at a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. It's now ninety nine percent. What? Who ruined it? Who doesn't like this movie? I'll tell you. We're shaming right now. Roger Moore from Movie Nation. He says, oh. jerky motion, blurred action beats a clever concept ruined by sloppy animation. Sloppy? Yeah. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. This am- animation is amazing. Like, I follow a ton of animators and a ton of people on Twitter because I'm so in love with love with the medium. And I've seen so many people who professionally work in the industry say that this is amazing and, an, and a it's, spectacle to watch. So it is groundbreaking. I, I'm mad at this guy. Yeah. Like I dislike it for another reason, not for that reason. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. hundred percent in my hundred percent rotten tomato in my head. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he gave it a two out of four and I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know if he, I mean this guy just must hate things. Like, he must love to hate <laughs> things because it's at certain eighty-two fresh one run. And I know that doesn't indicate if the movie's good or not. But if the critics are saying they all like it, I mean you're gonna hear word of mouth of this movie all winter long. Like you're gonna mm-hmm. be hearing all this. And even though you may like, I don't like animation. This is still fun. Uh, you get your Stanley as the guy who's selling Spider-Man memorabilia. Uh, you you always find the suit fits. It always fits one way or another because he he doesn't take refunds or returns. <laughs> uh, oh, that was such that was such a great moment. Just I think everybody in the audience you could kind of hear the little oh just kind of moment when they saw him. It was just so great to see him and to see like oh I'm friends with him too. That that's one of the points in the movie where I teared up a little bit and I was just like oh if uh if my wife looks over at me right now she'll see my wet eyes because I'm about to ball seeing Stan Lee's kind of last official kind of recorded cameo. Oh, man, well, it was we'll, just... We'll have more, I guarantee, but this is the, the closest one to our loss. So mm-hmm. it just feels a little more real because it is, in fact, Spider-Man, one of his biggest creations of all time. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it just felt it felt real, man. It's, it's real. I also think uh, Mahershala Ali uh, was the voice of Uncle Aaron, and I think Marvel just likes killing him off on every show he's <laughs> in. So that's twice now he's died. 
Um, mm. But yeah, Jake, Jake Jake Johnson was a great uh, kind of Peter Parker. I think he fit the the t- his voice hit the tone and slacker aesthetic of Spider Man, and I kind of loved his like come to fatherhood moment at the movie where he, where he was just like at the very final act in the middle of the battle, he's just like, "Do I want to be a dad?" <laughs> like, uh-huh. I thought that was great, and I like that he kind of came from a broken universe, so he kind of had something that he had to earn by the time that he went back to his own. So. Yeah, this is great. I really hope, like, like when Miles kind of left all of his new friends in another dimension, I was just, I was kind of sad because I was like, oh man, it's like a bunch of friends that you made at camp that you're never going to see again. And I was like, I hope he does get to see them. And then we do get a hint at the end of the movie that somebody's going to have the ability to open up portals and he'll see them again. So yeah, maybe Madam Web will be at foot here. I mean, she is the perfect person to stitch these universes together. I mean, that's literally like why she was made. Yeah, exactly. And like, I guess the beauty of this movie is it has opened up so many doors to a sequel and things that are awesome and fun. And I would love to see more spider people. So, yeah, I mean, this could really legitimize, uh, Sony animation pictures, uh, if they could win like, you know, some sort of Academy award or something for this film, because they, they've made a lot of movies like Sony animation, uh, pictures isn't exactly like a, a new, uh, fledgling studio. I mean, they've made the Smurfs movies. Uh, they've made open season, uh, surfs up, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which the first one was really good. I love the first Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They made the Hotel Transylvania movies, which I haven't seen. I don't think they're. I don't think they're super great, but I love Gindy Tartakovsky that makes those films. So this could be like a. This could be a really turning point for Sony Pictures Animation, where they kind of start to make really kind of groundbreaking films. Uh, yeah, I want to see more movies in this vein. They don't even have to be superhero related, but yeah, just really kind of make something prestigious over there at that studio and really kind of change the name, change the opinion of a kind of Sony in general, just by this one film. It's always funny how, how this goes. It's always one film that can turn the tide. And I I think this could be it for them. Yeah, exactly. And, um, it kind of gives me a little faith. Maybe they do know what they're, what they're doing with their Spider-Man stuff. And, and Venom is not the entire, I guess, picture at at hand. This is what they had to do to get it done. So I think it's very much, it's because it's, uh, it's Sony animation, you know, of course there's going to be some producers, uh, that cross over, you know, that are going to have their hands in the pot or at least get a chance to read the script. But I think it's very much in, in the realm of animation and it's being helmed by people that understand it. I mean, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I mean, God love Mm -hmm. them. I've, I've, I've think I've loved everything that they've made so far. Uh, so well, good on good on them. But it's still got Avi Arid and Amy Pascal on, on board as producers. Yeah, I know. Which is why I'm which is why I'm thinking maybe they just technically kind of you Hopefully know they're over, over yeah. I think maybe they just kind of oversee kind of these Marvel properties and they're just like oh we don't understand animation just do what you do what uh-huh. you want to do. So yeah. Hopefully their hands stay off of it. They realize, hey, guess what? The amount of attention that we gave this movie was just the right amount. So don't go into it more. <laughs> yeah, just 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 cash your checks when it's done. Just cash your yeah. checks. Let us run it. So uh, overall, I can't wait to go see it again. I recommend everyone rush out as soon as they can. Uh, and and I got to figure out. I need to find when I go. I'm gonna jot down the. They showed the universe numbers in one of the scenes where everyone came from. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. figure out what that was. But I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. So. I want to see more spider people, Mike. I keep saying that, and I really mean it. So. Fan-frickin-tastic. 
Yeah. If you sat through all that and you haven't seen the movie yet, I don't I don't know what you're doing. But actually, now that I think about it, Uh-oh. I think you could totally spoil this movie for somebody, and they could still go see it and have a great time. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I showed my uh, sister-in-law the end credit scene uh, because I'm like, do you enjoy Spider-Man memes? Well, then you're going <laughs> to love this. So oh, she's man. like, well, maybe sh- I want to see it now. I'm like, I know, right? So... <laughs> I love to just before we sign off real quick. I love that joke where uh, Miles turns invisible and he has the computer. Oh my god! The monitor. And he, yeah, he's like, "Oh, good news. We don't need this." Oh my <laughs> gosh! I, yes, I agree a hundred percent with that. And I didn't know they were showing this in trailers, but apparently that scene where he's like, he can do two things. Yeah, <laughs> he can't do them at will. He can't do them on command. So I, that was. Really oh, fun. I'm I'm glad that didn't get spoiled for me. So. Yeah, me too. So yeah, <sighs> great, great, great movie. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a toss up for me what my favorite movie of 2018 is, but this yeah. is definitely well, definitely in in contention. Well, when we when we wrap it up uh, at the start of next year uh, with our superhero slate movie awards, where we don't really give out any awards, we just say what we really enjoyed from the year. We'll fig- we'll figure it out. <laughs> Maybe uh, we'll have an animation category because. But two animated movies so far this year, both been pretty good, Mike. Both They've been, been pretty... popping off. I've been using the term "pop it off" in fervor a lot today. So uh, yeah. if you're playing bingo, in fervor, uh, you put... used fervishly yeah. earlier too. I don't know what's wrong with <laughs> fervishly you. popping off. Oh my god! All right, we're just gonna wrap this up before you start. All right, yourself. let's do it. All right, well, uh, Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, uh, anything uh, Spider-Man related that you want to share with them, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with you, see what you're doing out there in the real world, uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or have an Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, I'm, I've got all the pop vinyls for this, Mike. Maybe I'll take a picture of them, put them together, recreate oh, some scenes. And then do that. But yeah, or also to have a comic UI for more. If people want to listen to our regularly... Uh, scheduled weekly news podcast episodes. Where can people find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our little show here and to get our awesome show notes if you're listening to a news episode. So in our normal weekly news episodes, we talk about a lot of stuff that happened over the week. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of uh, awesome links in there to take you to like videos, leak screenshots, stuff like that where we're talking about. So you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We'll put it wherever you want it. So if you're listening on a device that we don't know about, or a service that we don't know, let us know and we'll post it there. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch like T-shirts and hoodies and mouse pads and mugs and all that kind of stuff at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, we love hearing from you. If you got a chance to see this movie early like like we did, uh, reach out to us and let us know what you thought about. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about this movie again when like the box office numbers come out, which usually we talk about during these review episodes, but when you see it early, there's no box office numbers yet so um stay subscribed and we love hearing from you and if you're if you're a super fan of the superhero slate we love you and we love how you share the show with your friends you share the show with your buddies and thanks to that we will be here every week sometimes twice a week uh when these awesome movies come out to review just for you so go see spider-verse and stay subscribed yes thanks so much and we'll catch you guys uh next time all right bye Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe!